Whether you're new to pool and practicing the basics or a more experienced player performing drills to improve your shot making and positional play, the Drill Partner is perfect for you. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Dogging It. Joey Ryan here with Melina Mike. It's been a minute. Melina, how you doing, buddy? It's been a little bit indeed, man. I'm doing well, doing uh doing as good as can be. And uh, I'm glad to be back. I'm excited. It's it's Sunday night. There's a lot of stuff, lots to talk about since me and you have last been on. Uh and yeah, I'm I'm I want to talk pool, man. I want to talk pool too, but you know, I just wanna I was struck by something that one of our uh Patreon supporters said, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it before we get kicked off today. Uh, they said that there's so much pool going on right now that it's hard to keep keep up with things. It's hard to keep track of things, and they find themselves kind of falling behind. And I, I want to get kind of your opinion. Do we have too much pool going on right now? Is that possible? Um, no, I don't think it's possible. The time difference makes it a bit, you know, a bit unique. Like always, whenever you have something going on internationally. Uh, on top of that, you know, and we'll we'll get into it. But that PLP event can be can be a little rough to to follow at times. So that, you know, that doesn't I like help. this. I like the PLP event. I think it's fun. I think they should do races of seven. But you've hey. never found anything in life you don't like, Joey. Well, that's not true. But, I don't like the uh, racking situation that happened out in Las Vegas. So let's I talk about what, that. I tell you what I do like. I do like that shirt, man. Looking oh, pretty like good this? there. <laughs> pretty good. I got to <laughs> thank our buddy Mike Pinozo who sent me this shirt. Check it Mike, out. <laughs> Mike, Mike asked me for Joey shipping information and, uh, then of course I take the blame whenever it comes in. So it worked out real well, Mike. Yeah. Guys, let us know if you can hear us and see us. Okay. We got a lot to talk about tonight and Melina, you and I just saw each other out in Las Vegas. Uh, I ended up getting sick, came home a little bit early. Um, you know, get your thoughts. I want to get your thoughts on the event in general, but let's talk first about the alpha Las Vegas open and, uh, Wichter winning it for the second year in a row. I mean, what kind of feat is that? That's unbelievable. Races to four, short races, you know, two, uh, basically two races to four. And then when it got to the later stages, three races to four, and he manages to win that thing two years in a row. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, we all know how tough it is to fade the, uh, the pro beard series, uh, format, uh, you know, from the breaking standpoint, the racking uh, to the caliber of, of players that are there, you know, it's the elite of the elite, especially leading into the World 10 ball, like amongst any event that Predator will have, um, that is definitely is definitely the deepest um, in the Pro Beard series, you know, so um, yeah, kudos to Wichter, man, he uh, went wire to wire. And uh, I told you, man, the kid's a monster, you know, he plays, he plays strong, he plays smooth, but like he also did last year, he came up real short in the World 10 ball following up that win uh, in, in the Alpha. So. Yeah, I wonder what it is. Two years in a row, he wins the Alpha. He's got to be flying high. And then he goes into the World 10 ball and he kind of has a disappointing showing. And, you know, if he were older, I'd say, well, it could be fatigue, but he's not. He's very young. So yeah. perhaps it's just a lapse in concentration, which over with more experience and over time, I'm sure he'll get a better handle on that. And and really what that's what he he's looking for is consistency, right? To continue to show up in these big events and to break through and win some of them. So well, I think, I mean, relatively speaking, he's he's about as consistent as you can ask for. Like, I mean, and anyone outside of Francisco, you know, you're going to say that kid is, is you know, as close to the top of the food chain as you can ask for outside of winning like a matchroom major, right? We've seen him, you know, come up with some second place finishes at the end of last year. Um, I think he also won, I don't know, I don't think he won the, the straight pool, but he came real close. I think he came yeah. up second uh, to Jason in the international. So, I mean, the kids had some strong finishes, you know, following up the alpha to the world 10 ball is just it's a grind man you know vegas is brutal it's it's long late nights early mornings and you got to constantly stay focused you know you can also say hey listen we didn't see francisco really in that event that that wichter won right but he goes after the big ones and uh you know we'll get to that in a minute but um yeah it's just it's tough to fade man the 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 talent of players that are out there right now that are just playing so well is so deep um, so to, to get, to get that first place in that event, I'm sure he's real happy and we'll take it any day of the week, but, um, on the radar certainly is going to be that world championship. Yeah. And you know, with this alpha event followed by the predator world 10 ball, a lot of people don't realize that if you go deep in the alpha, 
then you don't really get much. Oh, there it went, Mike. Hold on, camera, time, stand by. Er, we're gonna go. B. We're gonna go to the Plan B. Terrible view, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll work with this. Hold on, I might need some more light here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got. We need to get All that right, one there you from go. HD. Okay, we're in at Plan B now. Uh, that's why we have a backup. Uh, but a lot of people don't realize if you go deep in the alpha, you basically don't have any days off, right? So nope. kind of right when that wraps up, the World Ten Ball starts. Whereas some of these guys who got knocked out of the alpha kind of early had a few days to kind of relax and kind of get their bearings and get adjusted. And then they came back pretty strong in the the world 10 ball. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it, you know, however you like. Um, I'm sure, you know, that, that, that comfort of, of the check knowing that it's coming, you know, makes you feel a little bit more loose. Um, I'm sure plenty of those guys have been there around Vegas long enough to be able to sightsee, you know, for a few lifetimes to say the least. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, and the one thing about that I'll say kudos to the organizers is it's not where, you know, you're, you're not playing like the Derby, right? Where you got those ridiculously long, you know, you, you don't know when you're going to be playing. You're just hanging around. You have scheduled time, scheduled matches. Everything's run pretty fluidly. You know what to expect. You can plan out your day, your meals, you know, your diet, your exercise, yeah. all those things that are important. Um, but, you know, like I said, for whatever reason, um, just a little short in that world 10 ball. I mean, he ran into Alex the first round and we know how great Alex is playing right now. Um, kind of having like a rejuvenation of his career in, in a lot of aspects. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it, it's tough, but it was a fun event, you know, and, and, uh, they also made the, the changes to the format as well, uh, at, at the, at the alpha. Yeah. And, you know, kind of looking at the whole event again, it's just an amazing experience. I remember day one, I'm there and I'm setting everything up and some guy walks over to me with like this childish grin on his face. And he's like, this is my first time here. And I'm like, enjoy it, brother. You know, let's just walk in and enjoy it because you go in that main ballroom and you have all the vendors in there. You have all right. the amateur tables and you have the pro tables. And I think uh, the year before, uh, there was a lot of discussion about the issues that they had with the tables and the nine foot predator tables. They had a shipping issue. The tables kind of came in, I guess the slate was a little crowned or a little warped in the middle. And so this year it was kind of interesting because all the amateurs got to play on the seven foot predator tables. And, you know, I heard a lot of complaints about them. They're not diamonds and they're not meant to be diamonds, but you know, kind of after the fact that, you know, as I was assessing, I, I would ask people who hated the tables, I would say, well, you know, tell me what you thought about, or like, how did you play? How did you, did you win? Did you have success? And it was always like, no, you know? So it was like the people who got knocked out were the ones that were complaining about the tables. But then there were a lot of people that I talked to that went deep in some of the amateur events and they were like, yeah, you know, we kind of like the tables. So I thought there were mixed reviews on them. Uh, but overall, you and I played on a seven-foot table there, and we beat some balls around, and I thought it played pretty fair. Not sure your take on it. No, I mean, you know, we, this is the first time I've I've been able to see them. Um, you know, I saw them out in, I think it was Michigan uh, earlier, or last year rather. Um, but like anything else in life, you know, sometimes change can be difficult, right? And and you can kind of drag your feet, and you, you, you go into it thinking that, you know, you you've liked a certain way for so long so now that something new's coming along that kind of got forced on a lot of these league players in so many ways um that they're going to be more resi resistant to it um i think with time you know they're going to be more acclimated and comfortable with it um if more rooms you know decide to put them in there as well that'll help out and you know let them go and practice uh you know leading into las vegas or whatever you know uh csi event that they go and attend um but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't get to play on equipment like that a whole lot. Uh, you know, the the banks were were and the rails shortened up quite a bit. That was one thing that I noticed right away. Like it really bit, especially off that second rail. Um, I guess if if you're used to playing on them, I'm sure it's something that you know can be adjusted like that. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I'm sure the winners are always going to say great things, and the guys who go out, you know, two and out are always going to have be a little bitter. But that's like that in anything in pool, right, Joe? I mean, it doesn't matter 
uh, yeah. what event it is, right? Yeah, but let, let's talk about one other kind of cool thing. Josh Satello brought it up here uh, in the chat, and that was that they had a second pro arena back in one of the other larger ballrooms where oftentimes as an amateur, every time you draw a table back there, you're like banished to the back room, and you're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm away from all the action. I'm away from all the pros, you know, but now they have pro arena. They had a pro mm -hmm. arena set up back in – I forget what it's called. Is it the – not the Amazon, what one of the ballrooms back there. Right. And so, again, another opportunity for those amateurs to interact with the pros. And I know a lot of people appreciated that experience. But I'd like to talk to you about an experience that I did not appreciate. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on our question of the day on our Patreon. By the way, if you guys aren't supporting us, patreon.com backslash it. Love to have your support. It helps us get to these events and do some cool things. But we were chatting about it there, and I said that I just had a really sick feeling about the way the 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 balls were racking. And obviously, you have the predator rack, uh, and you have human beings who are pushing the balls up into that rack. And man, if I had a nickel for every time somebody got slugged in that tournament, I'd have at least like. $2.85. <laughs> it happened quite a bit. And I just hate seeing that. You know, everybody should have an equal chance when they break the balls to pocket a ball. It might not happen every time, but you do want to see the balls flying around the table and spreading. And man, it just wasn't happening uh, quite often in that event. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think here. Um, you know, the rack's always going to be a challenge. To be diplomatic? But, yeah. Is Molina Mike trying to be diplomatic for once? No, that's not. That's that 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 just that wears <laughs> that wears ugly on me, man. I can't. I got to be true to who I am. Uh, I mean, listen, everyone's got eyes and ears, right? You can watch any any table. That's the beauty of of what they've created, right? You can literally watch any table in that room um, on the pro side. So, um, you know, we saw it. We've been witness to it. It's not the first time we've been witness to it. It's the same cycle of referees that we see at all their events. Um, something obviously just isn't working, right? And I'm not putting I'm not putting the onus on on the referees. I'm I'm putting on the equipment, uh, like you are. Um, you know, it, it's we talked to Krim about it, and uh, me and Mike interviewed him out there in Las Vegas. And you know, the the alternative, you know, just is, isn't something that I want to see either. I don't want to see template ten ball. That's not something that you know intrigues me or can get me engaged at all. Uh, and I'm someone who really enjoys pool, so. Uh, I don't want to, I like seeing the randomness. I like seeing, you know, the more uh, strategery that comes post break with, with it. At the same time, strategy. it can be, it can George be, Bush it, strategy. used yeah, to say that strategery. Yeah. It okay. can be, uh, it can be a little rough uh, to see some of these guys get slugged, especially when you have the pro buried series, right? When you have race to four, they're really weighted. Every game is super important. You know, when you're racing to eight and it being a little more traditional, you have that leeway. I remember this conversation we had with Alex Laley following day one at the Moscone Cup. And I think they were down. What was it, Joe? Like three, two, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it was. And, yeah. and what and what did he say? You know, if we're racing to 11, you know, if you're down three, two or four, one or whatever, would you be nervous? You and, I, and, yeah. and, now, and in my head, I'm like, you know, that makes perfect sense. Right. This The same goes with, you know, if you get one slug rack going to eight and if you're down two to one. Right. But if you're down two to one going to four and then now it's your opponent's break thereafter. Now it's two to one. The guy's breaking. I mean, hold, hold on for a minute. It's going to be. Yeah, rough. but I, I got to take the opposite side of that, though. I mean, I get it that in the alpha, it's more important because it's only a race to four. But we're talking about a world championship here. You should not be getting slugged in a world championship. And you know oh, what? God. Regardless of the rack, I still think I, I've said this once. I've said it a thousand times. I'm 50 years old now. When I lean over the balls and I look down from whatever it is, 16 inches above the balls, I can't, I can't decipher the gaps. You know, I miss gaps all the time. And I got there's guys a couple decades older than me racking these balls in a world championship. And, and, and you're probably That's a problem. That's a problem. And and you know, we saw it. And then we saw it again. We saw uh, you know, I just a very unusual uh rule uh issue uh that came up in the match with Mika Eamonen and uh Jeffrey DeLuna. Uh I wanna I wanna get your thoughts on that one too. Because well, how do I go from the rack to the Mika incident? That's I mean, I, I don't know how you got that to that transition. On the rack though, I want to tell I you. I got a like, lot of stuff you bring in up, my mind, man. We you, haven't talked for a while. Let's get this going. You bring up referees. I'll tell you what, I had this great great interview with Fetter following one of his wins and ended up being pretty pretty funny. And I try to hold it hold myself together when I'm talking with these guys and be 
as professional as I can be, as does Federer. And we both kind of cracked there uh, because <laughs> I, I, I pan over, as Federer says, he got slugged. And I know I got this referee to my left. And the reason why I know <sighs> I got this referee to my left is because I just spent the previous like three minutes talking with the guy. And what he told me was um, just how much he was actively looking to see how the 10 ball was moving and how the brakes were coming off after his racks, you know, he's like every single one of them I'm paying attention to. I'm seeing if it's going high, if it's going low, if it's moving left or right, I'm paying attention to all these things. And you can tell, I could tell from the conversation we had, um, was that there was an honest effort, right? There was sincere effort where you can see guys, if they're in positions where they're just half-assing it, or, you know, they could, they want to be somewhere else. They got, they got other things on their mind or things they want to get to. Um, those guys are dedicated and you got to give them kudos where it's due same time you know whatever that combination is where it currently stands it's just not working out because you know we, we we've seen slugs uh, uh all over the place and it can be at tough times especially if you're in single elimination or if you're playing race to four whatever you know it's it's hard to watch and listen it's hard for me to sit, to say that when i'm just sitting down on the rail imagine these guys who are already in the hole four four grand before they even hit a ball right before That's they even brutal. get before they even get a bite out in Las Vegas, right? So um, imagine how they're feeling. You know, we're fortunate enough to where we're not under that muzzle of being sponsored by or, un, you know, under anyone's thumb here, right? We can speak open and candidly about our opinions. Even if we had Predator as one of our sponsors, which they have helped us out before. Um, but, you know, it's 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 unfortunate. The one thing and you, when you brought up the tables is that we've seen from one year to the next the effort they've made into improvement, right? the effort they've made into making things better, taking feedback from players and from fans, whatever, um, I'd imagine, or at least I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to do the same thing when it comes to the racks. Yeah, well, if you think about it, Matchroom took a long time to kind of tweak and figure out their breaking format, and I think now they're on the right track. I think it's better today than it was a year ago or two years ago, and they have that break box and they're breaking with a template, and they're putting the nine on a spot, and it's challenging, yet at the same time, players can make balls. Uh, I think Predator and CSI kind of have to you know, get their heads together and figure out a solution for this break. And you, you and I disagree on this. We, we disagreed the other morning when we were chatting about this. You know, I like a template rack. I like to, for the player to have a chance for the second ball yeah. to go in the side. You're like, oh, it's too boring. But if you think about it, I made the analogy of tennis, and I'll stand by that. In tennis, like who wants to see tennis if first serves aren't allowed? Nobody. Like if you can't make a first serve at all, that's a terrible tennis match. I want to see some aces. I want to see some first serves going in. And it's like in, in pool, if they're not making balls on the break ever or they're getting slugged, it's a real pain in the butt to watch. <laughs> so, And then you see the pros breaking 10 ball from the side rail. It just doesn't even look right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you listen, the guy who won it broke it head on. So for, for every time you can have that argument, I'm always going to have that to lean on. And, you know, at the end of the day, you've had guys like Federer who have won two times in Pro Beard Series using that rack, right? So where there's a will, there's a way to figure it out and to be the better player, right? Be the better. I think this rotation format, the way it sits right now, makes makes for you have to be a much better all-around player, right? Not just these ABC cupcake outs. And I think you get that a lot, which is what Matchroom was trying to do with that nine ball with the nine on the spot, right? They're trying to make ways to where the game can be more exciting to watch because if pros can control everything, which in the elite pros they can control majority of these balls um, with with the break, then it's it's super difficult to watch. It makes it really boring, and I get I get real disinterested, man, to say the least. Yeah, no, I get it. But let's let's move on to the uh, the Mika incident because you know Mika's been known to kind of blow up a little bit sometimes, and no, you know act you a little. Say. Yeah, you know, just get frustrated and kind of show his emotions at the table. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's some reputation there with Jeffrey DeLuna as well, where there's times I remember the match with Federer Gorse where he tried to kind of move the cue ball ahead of the head string, you know, and, and pulled a couple moves there. And so when I saw that situation, you know, and, and if you guys didn't catch it, what happened was uh, Mika goes to shoot like an obvious combo in the side pocket, obvious, like the other, the first ball in the combo didn't even go in the side pocket. So he would have had to try to cut it in the corner or something crazy, but he goes to shoot the combo right in the side. He made a call before he did it. 
and he shoots it and the referee immediately chimes in and, and calls it a foul and says, you didn't call that ball. And Mika said, yes, I did. And no, you didn't. Yes, I did. And Jeff jumps up out of his seat and he's ready to play. And then kind of Mika and Jeff get into it a little bit. And, uh, then Joey, they, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a lot of people might've seen it. I know, I know, I know. But just in case that one person out there, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go back through the whole thing, but I'm, I'm it, you know, an app already. it's kind of fresh. It, it, it <sighs> brings it fresh to my mind again. And then they could both go back to their seat and then the ref says, Oh no, he did mouth it. He mouthed it. He was shooting the ball on the side. And so then Mika gets up and he's got some not so kind words to say to Jeff and he finishes his run out. It awesome. was, it was, it was actually hilarious that he's calling obvious shots. He's like, you know, nine ball, corner pocket, bam, shooting in the pocket. What was your take on all that, Molina? I love it. I love every minute of it. <laughs> you know, I love, I love every every single minute of it. I think the, I think Paul needs more of it. Um, you can say, you know, one got embarrassed, or you can say both of them got embarrassed by their behavior or 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 their actions. Right? Um, history and reputation certainly play a part. Right? Um, you know, everyone, everyone here can also have an opinion about Earl, right? Because we've seen him over the years and all the things that, that he can do. Right. And you kind of give him a pass on some things versus the other, because it's just Earl being Earl, right? Well, it's Jeff kind of being a shithead and it's Mika being hot headed, Right. And we've seen it. There's, there's a pattern there. Um, I think that if the referee doesn't say anything, then I don't think Jeff gets up because Jeff's not, I, I would like to think he's not that bad. Um, but when Jeff got a window, oh, Jeff took well advantage of that window and opportunity uh, to make sure that you know he was going to have a chance at getting at getting Mika out of there. Well, you could tell by Mika's reaction initially that there had been uh, there had been other things that happened in that set that had gotten under his skin, you know, because it was like as soon as that happened, Mika was like, "Oh no, this is now I draw the line." Okay, and so you could tell that there was other history there just in that match. But the thing that got me that Jeff did that I thought was really nitty is after it's been decided that no Mika did, you know, intend to call that shot. And you know, it's a, it's a good shot. Jeff goes up and continues to argue and campaign that it wasn't. And I mean, Jeffrey DeLuna in his heart of hearts knows he was playing that combination on the side. There's no doubt about it. So why get up and continue to argue after it's already been ruled upon? I don't get it. Listen, this is the same guy who wanted to, you know, flip for the break after and playing a gambling match, coming back on day two. The same guy who, you know, will pattern rack, um, you know, playing in a ghost tournament. The same guy who will put the cue ball above the head string in the very next tournament after he gets called out for putting the cue ball above the head string just a few days earlier. Oh, my um, favorite story was uh, playing an extended set, right? They're playing like a race to 100 or something. That's what I was talking and- about, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that. Sorry, I went. Yeah. I don't really listen to you anyway. <laughs> coming yeah, back but- on, coming back on day two and Federer one day one, and he's like, "We're gonna lag for the break." What? That's crazy. I yeah, don't know. Th- there's, there's. It's just Jeff being Jeff, and I talked to Mika afterwards, and he said it wasn't just that. It was. It was I talked to him the next day, rather um, off camera, and he was yeah. telling me that there was just a lot of things going on prior to where you know it's just a lot of little things that Jeff does, and Jeff's been known to do. And, you know, it, it kind of came to a head. And at the end of the day, listen, Mika's competitive, right? I think Poole needs more Mika Eminens when it comes to personalities versus guys who can just be stoic and, and robotic sitting in the chair. Um, you know, I, I think it adds to the drama. It gets talking points. You know, we were doing an interview with Karim and all I saw, all I saw was, um, you know, in, in, the, in the chat box was all this talk about Mika and Jeff. And I had no idea what was going on because we're in the middle of it. Um, and (laughs) what time? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Um, but listen, anything talking about pool, I'm, I'm all for at the end of the day, to be honest with you. So, um, I think that like, I think both of them wish they would have handled it a little differently, or at least from Mika's standpoint, you know, he wishes wouldn't have came across like the way it did. I know he took real real offense to like some of the things that were being said online to him because it kind of got where, you know, it was more personal than it ever should have been because it wasn't. Right. People were, yeah. you know, we're, we're calling Mika all kinds of names and we were going to have, we, you know, we can still try to have Mika on that, that day, whenever I left um, home, I got a message and I just landed in, in hobby in Houston and it's Mika. And he says, Hey, I want to, you know, I, w- I want to get on the show today and, you know, we'll talk about the Jeff interview. And then he's like, and he's like, keep it under wraps. He's like, but I think, I think I got a good shot of getting Joe Rogan here this afternoon for the match. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
And and sure, and he was like, but don't say anything. So sure enough, I'm on a plane heading back home, and there I see Joe sitting in the in, you know in the um, audience, and I was yeah. like, you oh, dog God. We, we we definitely that would have been big for our show, Melina. You really dog we definitely us blew it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I see a lot of chatter in the chat about Earl. I think we might say a few words about that a little later when we get the Premier League pool. Yeah. But let's wrap up this part of the discussion with our trip to Las Vegas, talking about the actual tournament, World the 10 World 10-Ball Championship, and uh, the winner of that, Aklenti Kachi. Uh, just phenomenal performance. Uh, great! I watched the final. Great final there against FSR. He's just a grinder, man. And we see it a lot in 10-Ball. It, it's almost like I think that might be his best game, uh, at least in my opinion, because he just grinds it out. He finds ways way, to win. Way to go out on a limb. The guy's won the World 10-Ball Championship twice. twice. And, you're, and, you're, yeah. and you're breaking news here. I, th- I, think, I think that might be... He might, he might, he, he plays might, good nine ball too. I he, mean, you know, the guy's have, a great player. He might have a future playing 10 ball. He I'm might just, have a future. Thinking, he, might, yeah. <laughs> he might have a future. But you know what? I, I mean, very impressive performance. And, you know, I, I got to admit in the final, I'm rooting for FSR because it, like how sick would it have been to have all the world championships in one year? I mean, that just would have been unbelievable. Uh, one calendar, not calendar year, but year, you know, um, I guess he would have wrapped the new year. I don't even know what you call that. But anyway, uh, if that's FSR would have done it, it would have been incredible. So I was pulling for him and he got out to that big lead and Kachi came back. And I mean, he just played, I thought he played exceptional pull there. What are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah. I mean, his tactical game was phenomenal. I mean, his, his kicking was probably the best I've ever seen in an event, let alone in a final. Um, I loved seeing that battle between players. I love seeing the Francisco and Federer match that lived up to all the hype. I love seeing the final that you thought, okay, well, this is Francisco going to, you know, finish it off. And then he doesn't. And it's it, Kachi showing the heart that he has. Um, really just being stubborn and, you know, saying, I'm not going to break from the side. I'm going to break it like I've always done. And I'm going to win that way. And then if God, I don't. He was slamming him too, wasn't he? Yeah, if I he don't get out, then. <laughs> then I'm going to get out on your break and I'm going to beat you by, you know, out safety in you. And he was getting out of some really tough spots and it, it was just, it was beautiful to watch Uh massive congratulations to him. He, he well-deserved um, and you're, you're up against it because you know, everybody in that room is rooting for Francisco. You know that everybody wants to see Francisco uh, win that, that third one um, and to show the heart that he did. Uh, it just really showed just the kind of player that he is and what he's made of. I think Kachi kind of um, embraces that underdog or kind of forgotten about role, you know, when he's in there against FSR and kind of and being like disrespected, kind of like being an afterthought yeah, at times. Yeah, like yeah. a chip on his shoulder, like, hey, don't yeah. forget about me, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, we didn't forget about him because he played great. Congratulations to him. What? what oh, we event. did, we did. I mean, I think there was there was plenty of times where we, you know, you know. He was an underdog against Josh. He was an underdog against against Francisco, um, even though he's been there before. And um, he kind of just round after round just said, "Well, wait a minute, you know, I'm I'm I I I can still compete, right?" Um, and we, you know, listen, we've seen him in matchroom stages disappear before. He's been on Moscone Cups where he hadn't played his best pool. We've seen him in events where he can kind of do this and then just kind of plateau for a little bit, right? Um, and we all know he's a great talent. It's that consistency. Some people might say is work ethic. Um, and But to go and, and win the way that he won against the player that he played up against um, really showed just the kind of, like, like I said, the kind of person that he is. And at, the, at the end of the day, listen, you had four guys who can be on the Moscone Cup in Josh, Federer, uh, Francisco, and yeah. Kachi were, were, all, were in the top four um, at that event. So for all the complaints about the racking and the rack, my man, listen, part of the four best players still ended up there at the end. Yeah, that's that's remarkable. And when you look at those guys, I mean, who wants to play any of those guys in a tournament? Uh, but Kachi, like you said, there's often times where maybe his work ethics questioned or maybe, you know, we, we say he's probably going to lose to Josh or he'll probably lose to FSR. Or probably, you know, but he, he just kept winning matches in that tournament. And it's a testament to him and, and his will to get there and yeah. to win that event. So congratulations to him. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We see your comments here. Uh, Jackson Cook says, I'm 
so happy FSR didn't win. It's just something about him and filler. What? <laughs> FSR is the nicest guy in the world. Uh, I, I, I mentioned this before. And actually, but so is Josh. Josh is a real nice guy. Josh Outside is super cool. But, Josh but I can see guy. how people. I could see how people are not on the Josh train. <laughs> okay, because the way he acts at Moscone Cup sometimes it ruffles a lot of feathers. Uh, but FSR, even like winning the Moscone Cup and, you know, all the success he's had, he's so humble and he's so cool. And the, as soon as I got to Vegas, I'm setting up and FSR sees me across the hall and he walks over, he gives me a hug and he's like, hey, I'm really sorry for our interview that our technology didn't work as, as well as you hoped. I'm like, what? Thanks so much for the interview, man. That was awesome. Super, super fun interview. So uh, funny, great guy. funny thing now we can say. So after that interview... Um, he messages Joey and says the same thing. Hey, you know, I'm real sorry about the, you know, the tech issues we had because it was a little sketchy, you know, as soon as we went live, of course, as it always does. Um, and he's apologizing after the fact. And he says, I'll come back on after I win the World 10 ball. So uh, <laughs> he, Dang he, it. he called his shot ahead of time. Well, listen, just get to the final. Just getting to the final was something special enough. That guy and what he's doing right now is something I've never seen. And yeah, it's, it's, it's I, I, I always, I, I love rooting for him, but I always kind of wait for the fall when it comes to it, because I think like, okay, this is where he's going to like come back to earth a little bit. The guy just continues to do great. He's, I think ranked first or second in the PLP right now as well. So he's not slowing down any at all. Um, and I'm excited to see what this year is going to bring as far as success for him. Yeah, me too. Me too. Great events. So let's, you brought up the PLP, Mike, uh, you know, it's a fun event. It's a basically a round robin event. Everybody plays everybody and then players start getting eliminated. And uh, we're down to the final six in that event right now. We got Sanjin uh, in the top spot, Jason Shaw second, FSR third, Alex Pagulion, very nice performance in third in fourth place, Naoki Oi in fifth, and Conrad Jujishin in sixth. And then the players that are eliminated, a lot of big names there have been elim- eliminated. Shane Van Boning, Alvin Ocean, Skylar Woodward, Wu Kun Lin, Chris Melling, Earl Strickland. Uh, one of those been eliminated. So, Mike, I know you've had some opinions on Earl in this event. I've read some things online, things that you've said. Um, the hell where do you, do you things s- I said? I haven't been. I haven't been. No, I've I seen even, things I, you I, said, I, I, brother. I haven't even seen Facebook in in two weeks. Get out of here. <clears throat> so, what are your thoughts on Earl in this particular event? Well, hold on. Before we get to Earl, I want to talk about what you mentioned just a, just a minute ago. Um, the players that were out, right? It, it's scratching my head seeing a lot of these names that were there in the first place. A lot of these players on that list that in my mind, kind of had no business being there. And I, I don't want it to be like the World Pool Masters in a more condensed version where you're playing these short races. That's not what I want. But there's got to be rhyme and reason to why some of these players are picked. And there is. There absolutely is. I don't know what that is. And I don't know if we'll get an answer to it after, you know, we had uh, Karim on and he brought up the, the lawsuit that's pending right now. So I don't know if we'll be able to get Emily on. But um, it, it, something's up. Like, why, why do we have some of these players that are here now in the PLP that were invited. There's like gotta who? be like, who? Got, who are you talking about? Well, re- read down, read down the list. Cause I don't have it in front of me of the players who were first, the first eliminated. Uh, so say, say, oh, say, uh, Chow Chia, you, uh, Khalid, Gamdi, Earl Strickland, Luang Duak, Thien, uh, Chris Melling, Wu Kun Lin, Shane Van Boning, Skylar Woodward, Alvin Ocean. Those are all the players that have been eliminated in, in okay. order of elimination. Well, just from 11 to 16, Thien, yes. Vietnamese player, great player. Listen, 99% of the people on earth never heard of him outside of Vietnam, right? So why is he there playing in a PLP event? Uh, Xiao, well, listen, she won the Alpha event, but she was long invited to this event. So it's not like she won it and then they decided to bring her in, right? So she was already on that list. Chow, I think being, being a women's world a world champion was the reason why she got in. Um, Khalid, great young player. I love to see that. That kid, I get it because, you know, he won the SVB Open. Okay, if you want to use that bridge to get there, I can I can buy into that within reason. But these other <laughs> players, and listen, there's no coincidence that the six, the first six players who were eliminated were the six players with the least amount of matchroom experience that you can ask for over the last, I don't know, let's say five years, right? Because none of these guys have really been playing any kind of matchroom pool. Not Thien, Melling, Khalid, Seal, none of them. None of them. Earl got I an like invite Melling. because... 
I really I like, like Melling. I think he's if if he's playing, I think he's right there with all of them. You know, I but I see your well. Point. Hold on a second. I'm I'm gonna get to Chris. Chris is a great nine ball player, but Chris has been playing ultimate pool, right? <laughs> we know now of of Matchroom and QTech's relationship, right? And shout out to QTech because they were they're one of our sponsors for this show, right? I think Chris is a great player, but it's kind of head scratching that okay, now that there's a partnership there, that now that now Chris gets invited. You know, I remember making that argument whenever they had the rankings in the first place, and I said, "Hey, listen, Chris has won the Derby City Nine Ball. He should well be involved um, on that inaugural list leading into this. Because if you're yeah. saying Nine Ball is important and Derby's one of your events, well, this guy has won it before, and he made a lot of highlight reels. Right? The guy is great for the game. He checks off a lot of boxes. But listen, I think at the end of the day, it's that relationship with QTech is the reason why the guy gets in in the first place. So there's a lot of things going on." that I feel like are behind the scenes are the reason why some of these players are getting picked up in the first place, right? So what I'm wondering is what's going on with those relationships out in Asia, why some of these players are getting involved. I know there's an Asian tour that they just announced coming up real soon, but I'm guessing that there's more to be revealed over the next few months if you're going to have players like this. And with the with these women being invited and they rightfully should get opportunities, um, I would imagine, even though Emily's stance for for years has been, we don't want to have separation, we don't want to have a men's and women's, that this leads me to think that maybe there's going to be more women events coming on on the match from calendar in the next few years. Call me crazy. And again, I don't know anything, haven't spoken to anyone, but this is something that if I see this, this is what it leads me to believe. So, Melina, I know this is a little bit off topic from what you just said, but a lot of people are asking about this lawsuit. Uh, that Karim brought up. So um, you want to shed some light on it? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to get too much into it, to be honest with you. Um, if if you'd like to go back and, and you know get more information on it, I would say go back and watch the end of our interview from Las Vegas with Karim for Predator. You know, we, this is something that, um, you know, we made it a point, I made it a point to not bring up uh, intentionally. There's just certain things that I want to, you know, cross my T's and dot my I's before, you know, you start, saying some things and I thought you, you were be... the Adam Schefter of pool, man. What's going on? Well, yeah, but I mean, listen, you still have to be respectful. You don't want to burn bridges either. No, you I know? So, so uh, go back and watch that episode guys. It's from yeah. Vegas. It's with Karim. You can find it on all the platforms, but, uh, so yeah. let's talk about out of these players, <clears throat> excuse me, these players that are eliminated so far, I guess the, the big talk was the issue that happened with, well, well, first let's talk about Earl Strickland. I did Talk see you it. say some things about Earl Strickland. So thoughts on Earl, Earl Strickland in this event? Listen, I was a guy for the Moscone Cup saying I think the guy makes some kind of sense because he, you know, the Americans, the standard for Americans isn't all that great. Um, and, you know, he checks off a lot of boxes. The guy is, you know, box office. He can still give you some, you know, car crash-like things to watch, like this thing <laughs> that we're, like, like this Train thing that wreck. we're all, that we're all talking about now. You know, we're not even talking about pool when it comes to Earl, right? We're talking about, you know, an, a, a hugging incident. Um, and that just seems to be where people are so passionate about, you know, one way or the other. Um, I mean, listen, you saw it, Joey. What, what's your take on it? To well, put my first of here. all, first of all, my take on <laughs> it is he's past his prime. He's still a great player. <laughs> Uh, no, well, you're, you're I, just, I know you're, you're going to say I'm going out on with some, with some hot takes. Kachi <laughs> might be good at 10 ball. Earl, Earl just he's, maybe, he's, maybe on the other side of the hill look, right now. <laughs> he's, he's at the point where he shouldn't be getting invitations to matchroom events. How about that? He shouldn't be getting an invitation to a 16 player matchroom event, whirlpool masters, PLP, any of that, including Moscone cup at this point, you know, last year, tons of respect for Jeremy Jones comes on the show he talks about it was his choice to select Earl he thought he gave him the best chance to win he didn't perform okay he didn't do it and so you know at the end of the day he he can't really be in that conversation again this year if if he's in Moscone Cup again this year I'll be f shocked I'll be flabbergasted okay we are at the point now where a lot of people are just done with Earl Strickland. Uh, I know there's going to be people in the chat right now yelling and screaming at me because he, he's been a fan favorite for a long time. And when I say fan favorite with some people and some people just can't stand him and can't stand his antics. And we got to see those antics, right? Uh, you know, the Korean player, Seal Seal, she 
ends up going up to him, shaking hands after the match, and then wants to get a hug after Earl. Some, I heard somebody argue and say, Earl said she was a great player. Well, no, Earl didn't do that. It was a sarcastic comment about, oh, you play better than me, and shook her hand. And it was like such a jerk move. And then she's like, oh, you know, and she's Earl. trying to. Earl's a jerk. No. You know yeah. this. Earl's let me tell jerk. you something. As, as, a, as a decent I'm going to turn player, down my volume here because you're, you're blowing up my ears. Hey, as, with, with, I'll with, put the mic on. As a decent player, <laughs> one of the worst feelings in the world, Mike, is when you finally beat somebody that you admired or somebody that you thought was a great player or, right. you know, and you beat them and you go to shake their hand and they're like, oh, you got lucky on the four ball or eh, you're a heck of a player and like talk, talk sarcastic to you. It's just not right. So anyway, she tries to defuse the situation and just tries to get a hug from him, you know, and, and he just refuses to give her a hug, acts like a jerk, talks about he's had COVID so many times. I'm like, what's going on here? I thought it was completely uncalled for and it might have sealed his fate being invited back to any other match room events. Well, I don't know. We'll see what those views look like on the reels and, you know, the short clips. And, you know, listen, at the end of the day, like Ed says, they're they're there for TV. You know, uh, they're there for broadcasters, too. Right. They have other obligations outside of just, you know, competition, because let's face it, if you're looking at just competition, Earl is not a top, you know, top 10, anything, top 16, anything in the world, anything in the world. When it comes to pool, Earl is not in that category. Pick the pick the category. He's not in it. Um I don't know what to say. I mean, listen, baby. he 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 goes. <laughs> he, <laughs> he goes. He goes after Francisco for. I thought he was going to move. Is what he said. You know, that was, I missed. That I missed the ball. Ridiculous. I missed the ball because I thought he was going to move. That was this ridiculous. Is what, this, is, this is what it. This is what it's come to with Earl. You know, it, it's it's embarrassing. Um. Yeah, that's the short answer. It's super embarrassing. I, I'm embarrassed for him with with some of his behavior. Um, I think he's well within his right to say, "Hey, I don't want to give somebody a hug." At the same time, um, but the way he behaves is just completely uncalled for. I don't think he's got any business. Look, being, when he being wouldn't busy. hug her and he walked out of the arena like that, it was the biggest baby move I've ever seen in my life. Be a man. Yeah. Be a man. Give her a hug. Tell her good luck. Wish her well. Whatever. And then would you tell him that? Would you tell him that? And then go sulk in your room. Okay, that's fine, but not right there in on the camera in front of everybody. You're just going to turn your back on her. That was just messed up, messed up. It was. I mean, listen, she could be. She could have idolized Earl like so many of us have since we were young, right? And looked up to him. And that and that could have been something. Yeah. On on a matchroom stage, right? Chris Jackson said it best. He's classless. I agree a thousand percent. That's just Earl, man. You know, and at the end of the day, I'm, listen, I'm canceling people, Earl. I'm canceling him. He's canceled. People, people still want to. <laughs> We're never going to talk about wanna, Earl on this show again, Melina. Cancel. That's not going to. Well, no, as long as Earl's still playing pool, we're going to talk about him. But I mean, listen, if if they want to have him on there, that's that's their, you know, that that's well within their right. Um, I think that what Earl does, though, is just it's, it's rough, man. Cringe. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it that it definitely is. Yeah, without a doubt, it definitely is. You know, it, it's just, I think, and and I think the ridicule and everything that comes with it, you know, it's well deserved. Um, the people who stand up for them, you know, they're well within their right as well. Um, hey, I, I, I want to point out one of the commenters, uh, Nolan, basically mentioned that you're completely inconsistent with your feelings about Earl and Mika. So basically you're you're chastising Earl for doing pretty much something similar to what Mika did and you loved it. You said no, you loved Mika, it when Mika did it. Mika checking <laughs> Mika checking Jeff is a lot different than Earl being sour that he lost to a girl and didn't want to give her a hug. That is completely different. Very in my good point. Mind. It, I mean, it, it, it's not even in the same realm. Now, listen, when it comes to views, and if that's your goal, by all, I mean, listen, you can't argue that Earl still puts asses in the seats. We saw it in Las Vegas. I wanted to watch Earl Strickland play. But you can also say that he's a mental liability. He's a head case, right? He's completely weak when it comes to up here because he comes up with every excuse yeah. in the book why he cannot accomplish what he's able to go and do on a table outside of that. At the same time, um, 
the guy was just a dick, man. I mean, what can you say? He was just, he was just rude to, you know what I mean? Like, well, we, I heard I, it, I, we heard it. We heard it kind of yeah. a little bit off the I record. I wasn't put it any more PC or non-PC than that. We heard man. it a little bit off the record in Vegas from some of the players where it was like, you know, he was automatically, as soon as he got there, talking about how he didn't belong and things like that. So, yeah, mentally he's got – it's almost like even if he's shooting well – Yeah, even if he's shooting well – He's not in the right place mentally to compete with the top, you know, lions of the sport. These are lions here. I mean, they'll just eat your heart out. Uh, they'll just destroy you. So, so talking about that, let's look at the seven through ten group that got eliminated. I mean, there's some killers there. Albin Ocean, it's the nine ball event. He's out. That's surprising. Sky Woodward, he's back out. Back champion out. Sky dog the fireball, you know, to, to get in that final six. You know, Shane Van Boning, he's out. Wu Kun <laughs> Lin, he's out. Got to be disappointing for these players to be out uh, after day seven of this event. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. This PLP event's rough to watch. I don't know what the hell is going on half of the time. I don't know who. <laughs> I, I'll check in at the end and I'll see who's where. And okay, that's cool. And then okay, at the end of here, they're gonna play. You know, at, at the end of today, it kind of got a little interesting. Because, you know, Sky had a chance to, uh, you know, get a spot or not get a spot and made for a great what was a final rack, um, I think, at 4-3. Um, but it's a lot. Um, some of the players' choices had me scratching my head. Like I mentioned before, you know, if I like to gamble on things, right? So if I see it's even, more or less, then it makes for interesting when it comes to gambling, right? But if I see a roster like this, right, I know the least, the players with the least amount of matchroom experience aren't going to do so well. I know that. I know that. The and, then it, and then it follows. Now but he's it, dropping the hot takes. <laughs> no, but it but it follows when you see the first six players who are out, the, you know, the players yeah. who had the least amount. So from like even watching for the sake of, of gambling, it's like, man, it's so lopsided. I don't even want to fire at it. Because I don't, I, how can I fire at, you know, Shane playing, you know, Chow when Chow has never been there before? And some, well, she's a women's world champion. I get it. I get it. With all due respect, I understand completely. But like that should not be her invitation into a matchroom event is playing in that type of environment, right? Let her play in a tournament under a matchroom light in a matchroom stage and let her get her, you know, her wheels greased that way. But to go out there and have to play the Shanes and Francisco's and, you know, Albans of the world. That's that's the tall order. I mean, yeah, look at is. Chris. Chris made Chris made news all over the world for his you know two rail kick on Shane, and then what? And and then what did he do? You know, came up short. Um, well, look, a lot of people are commenting. Pete Nix is commenting. Many players uh, look like they don't want to be there. I don't think it's that. I think it's just a grueling event. It's so many matches over so many days, and I think it's just it, it really tests their stamina. Uh, which is interesting. You know, we don't see this in a lot of other events where they're playing so many matches. And so I, I really do think that they're fatigued. And Shane even made a comment online I saw talking about jet lag and not really being able to sleep out there, waking up at Emily posted a picture of Jeremy, uh, you know, passed out at like what, like what was 3 p.m. on an afternoon there the very yeah. first day. How do you think the players feel? And they just got done playing. Well, listen. We need we need two weeks off from Vegas not doing a damn thing. You can imagine what those guys go through, and then they're going right after that across the world to do this thing now. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, yeah. No, it's rough. And, it, and it's not like a traditional tournament for them. So they, they travel across, across the world. They get there, and it's not like, oh, okay, it's a 128-player tournament. First two rounds, I'll probably have a little cupcake to kind of get in gear, get in stroke. No, I mean, they're coming out of the gate playing killers right from the start. Let and me tell you something. It's, like, it's just been pretty it, tough. The, the brackets just got announced for March Madness, right? And what do people do? They start filling out their brackets. They start yep. projecting who they think their team's going to go and face, right? Well, if they win this, then they're going to play this one. And then, yep. you know, in the second or third round, they're going to face this one. I don't know what the hell's going on, what Sky's got to do in order to get through on day five when it's day one. I don't know what what, what Shane's got to do in the next, you know, two matches in order to get through. And it's like, it, it's a, it's a, poor job explaining it maybe they do a halfway decent job and i'm just not paying attention i don't know but for for me from what i'm seeing and i'm watching i think more than the average person it's rough man i mean it's real real rough to follow yeah. and to stay engaged like if i'm watching any kind of sports show if i'm watching if if you're watching the nfl right and if you're coming up to week let's say from week 12 on right 
you know you know what happens if you watch ESPN? They're gonna tell you, you know what the Ravens need? They yeah. need this team, they need this team to they lose, win, and Chargers then this team lose, will and then this Broncos team lose, win. right? And, and and as a fan, you're watching that to say, okay, now I'm scoreboard watching to That's see, okay, point. now I need now I need this guy to lose, I need this guy to go and win, I need this guy to win by this many racks now. I mean, but you don't get that over here, or at least it's not explained thoroughly enough. I know they've had success with it when it comes to snooker, and I think that's the principle in which they got they got this from, right? But it's um, even for someone yeah, who I think like, is like so. Albin, rough. Albin's eliminated. He's got seven wins, five losses. Conrad has seven wins, five losses. They both have forty nine racks won, but then I guess because Conrad had thirty nine racks lost. And Albin had 42 racks lost. Conrad makes it. Albin doesn't. So like hearing about those scenarios kind of along the way. And, you know, if this happens, then that happens, you know, would kind of help. But I, I also think they need just a little something extra. I'm not sure what it is, but just to get people's excitement in the early stages of this event, you know, because it's it's kind of a long lead up to where now we're going to be really excited about the end of this event because now it's going to get hot and heavy. Are we? Are we? Yeah, we are. I will. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm in no, it for you guys. Too. I don't know about Melina, but I'm I will <laughs> too. I'm gonna watch too now. I mean, like now, now it's a little more. It's a shortened up now. I can kind of understand. Okay, this is where this guy stands. This is what he needs to have happen. You know, two more players are gonna be eliminated after tomorrow. Um, so I can follow along a little more engaged. Uh, I did say. I did say I want to see a race of seven. I think races of seven would be good. And by the way, when I was looking at it, Joe, you're like they, that pool player that like you come into the tournament and you're like, listen, this was a great event, a great <laughs> event. But here's what you can do to make it the best event ever. Mike, literally every pool player does that. Okay, <laughs> every single event they have something to say about the format. But that's just what we do as pool players. But uh, so let's look at Oi and Conrad. They're kind of right on the bubble here. But Oi has an advantage. He's got eight wins. Conrad has seven wins. What? 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 Do you, what People do you are bringing up the Moscone Cup race to five. Listen, that that arena is flat as you know what. I mean, there's zero energy in there. I, yeah. I, I, the 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 loudest it got was was the lady complaining at the players in the practice room, telling them to keep it down. Right? <laughs> there is there is zero energy in there. You wonder why Conrad looks like he's like this, and then you got Shane. <laughs> Why you picking like this? Conrad? I'm just saying, man. Listen, those guys are are. I mean, they got to do something to like liven it up, some right? They got. Hey, do something I saw to a post. Like... I, I saw a post about uh, Jason watching the other table when his opponent was running out on his table, and if that would be considered sharking. And uh, I don't consider that sharking as long as he's sitting still and and kind of doing his thing. But uh, some people did consider it sharking because he's not even watching his opponent run out on him. What are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, most players don't watch what's going on on their table. You know, they just look away. So at least they got something to watch in this case. I don't know uh, about that. I mean, you'll see more often than not players not looking at when the other guy's running out. I've noticed it quite a bit. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I well, would have loved to have... One of my nemeses on the East Coast when I was playing was what? a guy named... One of your, one of your what? Nemeses? Nemesis? <laughs> something did I not say that right? Uh, was Ryan McCree? She was a good player from the Northeast, and I had so many chances to beat Ryan in big tournaments, and I I could never get there. And I would dog a ball late in the set against him, and I remember every time I would, you know, he's staring right at me instead of like my shot. He's like looking at me, and I asked him about it one time, and he's like, "Yeah, if somebody if I want somebody to miss, I just look right at their face while they're shooting, and not like the actual shot." And so it's like you feel his heat on you of him like staring at your face. That's actually while you're pretty down smart. Shooting. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, so but not looking away to the other table that wouldn't bother me at all. Just run out the balls and you know handle your business. I don't know. I mean, Earl was complaining because he thought the guy was gonna talk. Was gonna. Move. I mean, what is it? <laughs> what is it that you're allowed to do these days? Like, not I too just much. I the commentary's been great. I love watching Alex and. You know, uh, oh, yeah. Jeremy and and Carl um, and the other gentleman. I can't remember his name, but I, I think he does a great job as well. Um, I am going to watch more intently over the next you know few days or the next two days rather. So I think that's all that's left. I think two players are going to be limited tomorrow. Who, who's who's on the who's on the bubble? Joey is it? Yeah, um, the bubble Conrad is Oi. No, it's uh, Naoki Oi and Conrad, Jujishin. 
And uh, but always got an advantage there. He's uh, he's eight and four. Conrad's seven and five. So always actually tied with Alex. Alex is eight and four as well. Uh, but Alex has more racks one than him. He's got 54 or 53 racks one to always 49. So both those guys need to get moving. And I'd say Conrad really has to get moving because he's got to okay, jump so OEM Alex. Do we know how many matches are being played and how many matches these bottom two need to win in order for them to move up to f- the four? I'm sure it's there. That's my point. On this is my point. I mean, I'm looking at yeah. the post here. I'm looking on, at the on. post here, and it's just there's got to be more like education involved here. Maybe we're just dumb. I don't know. Maybe it's just late. We need coffee. Something's up. But you know, um, all right. The way all right. That I got it, it for you. I got it for you. See, there's this thing called reading. If you go to the website, you uh, can actually I got, read. I got Joey Ryan for this. To, he's my it, Google. You can read the words, and it says uh, the remaining six play each other once more on day eight before the top four contend the playoffs. So they only, wait, wait, the remaining six play each other. Yeah, so it's a round robin tomorrow. Everybody plays each other. And then out of that, they'll come down to four. And then it says, uh, here's the thing it says, and then before the, the top four contend the playoffs, but then it says all group matches race to five alternate break, and they're referring to the matches before that, uh, playoffs so to speak playoffs <laughs> remember that playoffs uh, <laughs> before the playoffs uh as being group matches so i don't know if they're going to be races to five now in the the playoffs i think i think that's thing i think race to five is thing i could be wrong all right i'm just going on a limb here yeah well look one thing's for certain even though the format's frustrated you a little bit, you can't really keep up. You're a little challenged. Well, it's not. We're gonna get some good pull I, yes, here. I'm a little challenged. That's that's without a doubt. But it's, I mean, it's just it's tough. It's tough to follow. There's like something's got to give here where it can be more exciting early on, like you said, right? And Joey's got nothing negative to say ever. So, um, ever. Eric says playoff it race to seven. So there you go. Well, it's not on the okay. website, but thanks, Eric. See, <laughs> there, we, there we go. Maybe he wants it to be a race of seven, or do you actually yeah. know that, Eric? It'd be, yeah, be yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. But, Mike, let's pick two players that are going to play each other tomorrow, okay? And we'll put a little bet on it, you and I. So okay? you want to pick two players now that there's six left? Yeah, I got two players that I'm looking at, and I want to see who you like out of these two players. You ready? Okay. You want to go first? San- Sanjin. No, I'm going to give you the two players that oh. when they play tomorrow, we're going to pick one of them. I'm going to let you take the first pick. Cause okay. I, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm going to take, or the match will be Sanjin versus Peggy Lion. Sanjin. You're going Sanjin. I've been, he's listen, been, I've been saying been this, hot in this event. Every, that's what everybody's been saying. I said, I've been talking about this kid playing for the last year and a half easily about him being the, the, the next guy up, the next Wichter, the next, I don't want to say next fetter because, you know, no one's the next fetter right now. But, um, you know, that next guy who's going to be, you know, on the radar and he's showing it. He's showing his mocks. He's one of the players who I thought going into it, like, you, you know what? He, he doesn't have a whole lot of success on matchroom stages. He hasn't done a whole lot. Um, but, boy, is he showing is he showing where he's at right now? You know, he's showing where he's at right now. That's that's a that kid is showing is becoming a star. And I think that's what they're trying to do with some of these things, like with some of these players, lesser known players, so to speak. Um, you know, he, he's won a European, I think, 10 ball championship already before. Um, Let me see him win this event. Let me see him win this event. OK, that's all I'm going to say, because to be on top right now is very impressive. He's been playing very well. He's been playing very well, but when it gets down to the nitty gritty and he's playing FSR or Jason, you know, for the actual title, I've see seen the kid there. fold. I'm just going to, I've seen him fold. Against Listen, when, Josh, he, right? when he when against Josh, he had a, he had a nine ball. I think it was, oh, so it was to win the European nine ball. Yeah. Um, it, it was to win the European nine ball championships. He's on the hill. He's on, he's on the nine ball completely dogs at Josh makes that nine and then breaks and runs to win. Um, the European nine ball championship. So I've seen the kid dog it under big pressure, but he's still showing that, you know, what he's capable of in this event. Now, if he can hold it together and listen, he's holding it together against great players up until this point. But when it gets, but when it gets time, when it gets time to cross the finish line, 
right? Not in the meat and potatoes of it, but I mean in that home stretch, that's when you see championships, champions rise. That's when you see the Kachis, the the Fillers, the Albins, the Franciscos. That they they step up for big moments, right? They step up for those clutch opportunities. Um, they thrive. You know, this may this isn't going to be like a world championship, but you know, it's going to be pretty good it's to see him if he can make it'll it. It'll be the yeah. biggest. Yeah. It'll be his biggest opportunity yet to. But listen, you, a big. Title. I think for me. Just his his success up until this point is great enough because if you're gonna tell me it's gonna like it's gonna uh, r- you know figure out on a race to five you know in a playoff I'm not gonna buy that you know this just solidify like if let's if, if let's say he loses if he doesn't five, win this none of this matters if he doesn't win this as impressive as he's been to this point like so you, so you mean people aren't the, gonna remember the, it. so the 15 wins that he has playing race to five against champions don't matter but the one race to five that he loses against alex is gonna matter yes. is that what you're telling me well not against alex but if it gets down to the final or the semifinal, like he needs a breakthrough he needs a breakthrough and you know because in two years we we had a hard time remembering who won this event last year you remember you were like i think it was alvin was it alvin i don't know was it alvin won it back to back Pinoza was saying josh remember like you only know he won it back to back because i told you i looked it up when we were having that argument and that's my point my point is if jason shaw wins this event and sanjin loses in the quarterfinals okay what would you say about jason then let, 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 let's talk about Jason. What would you say if Jason wins this event? Completely different comparison. Jason Shaw has, has done so much already. I mean, it, like you're talking about like Sanjin needs a big win. Jason Shaw's got tons of big wins. Yeah, but I don't see. I wouldn't say this is his big win. Like I wouldn't say this is this is the kids coming out party. No, I think this is like part of the steps. Right. These are like part of like this. This, this is what I'm going to equate it to. David wins the World Pool Masters. Right. Great player. Amazing player. Right. Does that mean he's in that elite of elite of elite category? I don't think so, you know. And and even when he beats Alex, right? When Alex beat Shane nine one in the World Pool Masters, are you gonna say, well, this is Alex is coming out party? This is when Alex just shows the whole world what he's made of. No, he won the World Pool Masters. He beat Shane. It was great. It was invitational. He showed up. I'd like to see you win the World Pool Masters. What? You can't that, win that, the world checkers that, masters. That's 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 the equivalent. That's the I'm that's just the saying you're acting like the world pool masters is nothing, man. That's no, a big, I'm not. Win. I'm just saying though, you these are like steps in a career. You're making it seem like well, if he wins, this is everything. But if he loses, all oh, this is for naught. No, the kid's a great no. player, just like all the rest of those guys are great players. But saying, like winning this and winning a major tournament, completely different. Completely yeah, right, different. Right. But if he but if he doesn't win this, it's a missed opportunity to really break onto the scene. We all know him. We all know he's a good player. But look at everybody talking about him now. He's already he's already in in conversations now. Isn't that I'm what you want? That they'll have a short memory on that if he doesn't win the event. He needs to win the event. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him towards the end of this. Mark my words. And he, and Alex wait, is going to beat wait, him wait, tomorrow. Wait, hold on. So there's a there, if if he's in if he's in the finals, there may be some pressure on him. Is that what you're saying? Is this another is this another Ellen hot take? Hey, by the way, do you guys like my three, shirt? I saw Jennifer three. haven't made a comment on it. You like this shirt? Check it out. You're three for three. You're three for three for hot oh, takes, man. man, so far. All right, fine. Whatever. Look, we have uh, Federer wins two events out there in, in yeah, Vegas. Let's talk about that. about that. That's pretty sick. I mean kind of expected though, right? Oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. So if if, if Sanjin wins this Federer- event, it's his coming out party. But Federer winning these two events, eh, you know, it's just... Yeah. I kind of... That's all right. You know, right. Federer's a pretty good pool player. You know, I think... <laughs> hey, he, may he have won some the U.S. Open 10 ball. When he wins the U.S. Open 10 ball, you know, I, I reached out to you and I was like, what happened in the eight ball? I lost track. And you're like, I don't think they're done with that yet. And sure enough, next day as he wins the U.S. Open eight ball... I was not shocked. I was not surprised by any means. And there were some good players in that event. I know, I think he beat uh, Roland Garcia in the, the 10 ball. I'm not sure. He, who did he beat in the eight ball final? Do you know? Much better class of field than what it's been in the years past where Shane robbed the event by himself, basically. And they would have like 12 entrants in there. And, you know, this was a pretty good field. Um, you know, listen, I've said it before. If you put a diamond table in the middle of anywhere, you know, Fetter's going to be the favorite. You know, conditions make a big difference. Obviously, the kid's got the world of talent. He's going to be a favorite in any tournament that he enters into. It doesn't matter what discipline it is, whether it's eight ball, nine ball, ten ball, banks, one pocket, you name it. The kid's just a 
phenom, a savant, whatever you want to call him. He's all those things and then some. Um, he's he's a monster. He's yeah. an absolute monster. Um, and his consistency is just it 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 blows my mind. I, I wish I would have rather have seen Federer go and play some of these guys. I'd rather have seen Mario go and play some of these guys at the PLP. I'd rather have seen Wichter go and play some of these guys <laughs> in the Lecter. PLP. Uh, and yeah, Max Lechner. I would rather see Max out there <laughs> yeah, playing. And, I and know it's coming. I'm just saying, I'd rather see some of these guys who are relevant hey. and now and winning in these moments. Kachi, go out there and, and, and go play some right now. You know, I, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see some of the players that I'm like, what, who, who, what? Hey, guys, guys, I, I don't know if you heard the story, but we're out of Vegas. I'm out there. Molina's not there yet. I go to Starbucks like seven o'clock in the morning. And who's standing right behind me in the line of Starbucks? Max Lechner, Molina's favorite player. Right. And I'm just sitting there. I turn around and I look at him like two or three times. And each time he's like in his phone and just he's just got that look at 7 a.m. Like, I don't want to be bothered. So I punked out and I didn't say anything. I was going to get a picture or something with him and send it to Molina with a heart, but I didn't do it. Right. And so I get to the front of the line and I made sure to listen to his drink. And so it's a cappuccino. That's, that's like some like restraining order type stuff. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, so so I told saying. Molina, I was like, hey, if you want to get on his good side, go. What was it? A cappuccino with uh, soy you milk? Creep, I'm sure you creeped him out by, I think it was. by saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so soy milk cappuccino. How, did you, how do you talk all this shit ahead of time? And then when you see the guy, you don't even like say hello. Out. I'm an introvert. What can I say? I'm an introvert. If anybody's Clearly. ever seen me out and about, I don't really talk to many people. But uh, the funny part was Melina sends me a picture a few days later after I left of him and Max together. And Max is making the, the heart. Actually, they, they were both making a half of the heart, right? Yeah, yeah. for you. I said, I said, hey, we need a picture to send to Joey. And he says, I, and he says, I got it. Didn't even miss a beat. Just immediately said, let's do this. You know, and it was perfect. Mike. I, not that I wanted to get sick, but I'm so glad I left when I did. You know, like the next day there was a huge snowstorm. So many people had trouble getting home from, you know, believe it or not, in northern Arizona and, and Nevada, they it was a snowstorm. People had trouble getting home. So thankfully I made it home. But all I'm right. Glad. Yeah. So, uh, guys, listen, uh, thanks so much for joining. Do us a favor. Hit us up on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash it. Uh, there you can show your support. We have a number of different tiers where you can help us out. If you like the content, like what we're doing, uh, we're going to be back with you probably later this week. I think this Sunday night thing is going to work for me, Melina. And by the way, I'm now, so Arizona is the only state that does it right. We don't have daylight savings. So now I'm on Pacific time because I'm in Arizona, uh, because we didn't change our clocks and everybody else did. And so now I'm two hours behind Molina, three hours behind Eastern. So the shows might be a little bit later in the evening. I hope that works for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll see you. We'll see you.